Good morning. This is Tommy Ray, and we're in episode 49 of Water Rights, Laws, Guns, and Money. I think I have given credit before to the Colorado Sun, an online newspaper. I like the way the staff at the Sun research material and present cases as they see them. Several weeks back, the Sun talked about the agricultural industry being the biggest consumer of water in Colorado. Of course, that's right. And the Sun suggested that maybe the ag industry should save some of, quote, our water by being more water efficient. That's a bold statement by the Sun, but could point the way to a more sustainable solution that protects both agricultural production and municipal uses. To the Sun's credit, they give equal time to agricultural interest. On May 11, 2022, they printed an article by Don Schwent and Dan Keppen. Schwent and Keppen argue against drying up farmland to supply water to cities. They say there are better options to accommodate water demand than to bleed agricultural land dry. Let's hear what they have to say, and then we will talk to a local cattle producer that irrigates and learn some of the ways he thinks water could be saved. For the record, Don Schwent is from Cortez. He is a farmer there and serves on several water boards, including the Family Farm Alliance. Dan Keppen of Klamath Falls, Oregon, is executive director of the Family Farm Alliance. Of course, everyone's viewpoint is slanted toward their industry. Here are some of their thoughts. Their comments revolve around the Colorado River Compact and the severe drought that is impacting all western states. The seven Colorado River Basin states and stakeholders are engaging to replace an important document with a long name, the 2007 Interim Guidelines for Lower Basin Shortages and the Coordinated Operations for Lake Powell and Lake Mead. These interim guidelines are set to expire in 2026. Over the past year, the Family Farm Alliance has worked with a group of agricultural water users from throughout the basin to develop key principles and expectations that are critical to future sustainable and durable operation of the Colorado River. That's great that they are working together. They believe the Family Farm Alliance can play a major role as the 2007 interim guidelines are renegotiated. Of course, I'm sure the Denver Water Department and other urban interests like the Metropolitan Water District of Los Angeles will also have input. Schwent and Keppen say agricultural communities in the basin play an important role in contributing to our cumulative national food production capacity. Well, yes, they contribute, but to what extent? 
And how important are some of these smaller, drier regions to our overall food production? We need to start examining which areas of the country are most important to food production and perhaps phase out areas that are producing similar crops in the desert. This is hard to say, and I'm sure hard to hear, but we are clearly at the point that water needs to be apportioned to those parts of our economy that need it most. Yes, the environment, city growth, industry, and agriculture should all be considered. Can we sustain them all? I don't think so. And remember that ag consumes 85% of the water in Colorado and produces only 10% of the wealth of the state. Every time I think about how water should be apportioned, I come back to that simple statistic. Farmers with water rights are sitting on a very valuable asset. And the only way to reallocate farmers' water is to pay them the market price. Some are willing to sell because of age, health, or other conditions. Let them sell if they want, but as a society, we should not be paying, and by paying, I am not talking about money, I'm talking about paying with water, for something that our society needs more elsewhere. Do we want to keep encouraging farmers in semi-arid parts of the country to farm? I immediately hear that old refrain in my brain. But what are we going to eat? Well, in this country, we're going to eat crops that are grown in the Midwest. I agree that our national security is tied to food production. But maybe it's time to evaluate where most of our food comes from. For this country, it's east of the 100th meridian. For the world, Ukraine seems to be a prominent food producer. Every farmer and rancher relies on water to produce food and fiber. Agreed again. But how important to the overall food supply are some of these areas in desert conditions? Schwent and Keppen try to convince us how important the area around southwestern Colorado is. Is it really? Surely to the people in the Montezuma Valley, whose lives revolve around agriculture, water is their lifeblood. But can we afford water-wise, to continue using such a valuable resource to the detriment of cities and other users? I'm just asking the question and want you to think about it. We are in a non-sustainable situation and some things will have to change. So, who do we want to bleed? Ag in the desert or thriving cities? That hard choice seems to be coming. Schwent and Keppen know that. Maybe we should start downsizing some of our desert farming to keep other areas in production. 
That seems to be the way the doctrine of prior appropriation works. When there's not enough water to go around, the oldest, i.e. the most senior, gets to stay in production. The others don't. Some farms may go out of production because of water shortages. We let the doctrine of prior appropriation work. Why not let economics work? Let some sell. In fact, encourage them to sell. Make it easier under our water laws for farmers to cash in on their biggest asset. Schwent and Keppen specifically discuss the Dolores Project, which serves communities around Cortez, Colorado. It was the last traditional Bureau of Reclamation project to be constructed in the West. This was, slash is, a U.S.-financed late-season supplemental water supply to the senior rights that had been used by the Montezuma Valley Irrigation Company and its predecessors for 100 years. It doubled the irrigated acreage in the local community. If we had had the advantage of hindsight vision, would we have wanted to double irrigated acres in this area? Importantly, the project also encompassed the Ute Mountain Ute Tribe Reservation. The creation of a thriving tribal farm ensued, one that had, quote, real water instead of a, quote, reserved paper water right. That I support because the U.S. needs to live up to its Indian treaties. We Americans spend less of our income on food than any country in the world. We take the availability of abundant, better, safer, and affordable food for granted. Is that because we overproduce? I want to see farmers do better, but just maybe not so many of them. If some farms were removed from production to increase water availability, Would the remaining farmers benefit? Maybe so. I just think we let supply and demand and the free market system work. Schwent and Keppen lament that for a long time, there was an inborn appreciation and recognition by our political leaders for farmers, their communities, and the critical importance of a stable food supply. And at one time, coal was king. Coal mining was, slash is, a way of life also. And that clearly is changing. Why can't agriculture in the West adapt? Schwent and Keppen say the current severe drought provides a platform to advocate taking water from farmers to make more available for cities and the environment. That I support. The hydrology of the West clearly is changing. Agricultural water is a default reservoir to meet other growing water demands. Times change. Yes, the current water rights system has worked so far but we cannot continue to provide more water to cities while keeping all agriculture in production in the West. 
we, that is those of us who are trying to find solutions to the extended drought, need to consider present values and not hold on to things just because they've worked in the past. Schwent and Keppen state that we must also seriously assess projects that enhance water supplies. Restoring our watershed forests to a healthy state is one means of improving water supplies. Again, I agree. Urban and water agricultural users are constantly scrutinized and held accountable for how they manage water. Water dedicated to recreation and environmental uses require similar scrutiny. We need to better understand how water yield is impacted by ecosystem management activities. This can ultimately lead to a proper prioritization and appropriate allocation of environmental water uses through the basin. Schwent and Keppen have some good ideas. They say we need to be nimble and adaptive and plan for the long term, waiting for spikes and runoff and finding ways to capture excess water in smaller reservoirs in upper tributary areas for use in future drier periods. Strategically developed underground storage can provide one solution. Yep. They believe that the myriad of diverse Colorado River Basin interests can and will successfully work through future droughts and water shortages in a collaborative and effective way. Let's hope so. But let's not continue to give agriculture the loudest voice. We need to have more in-depth, educated evaluation on which agricultural areas in the West are raising the most needed crops beneficial to our country and slowly phase out agriculture in other areas. Of course, those farmers would be handsomely paid for their water. Let's get smarter about where, how, why we use our ag water sources. We can't continue with all of them, at least in the western states. And we also need to ask agriculture to save water. I recently talked to a cattleman that irrigates his hay crops near Evergreen and out near Fort Morgan. He plans to pipe water to his fields. That at least saves the water that leaks from his dirt ditch. We need to do more of that. And we'll hear more of this rancher's ideas in a future episode. I assume there will be some farmers, ranchers, listening to this episode. They may not like my thought processes. If not, I'd be happy to listen to their side of the story and report back. So please contact me at tommy at nowater.com. K-N-O-W hyphen water dot com. Any listener is encouraged to email me and provide thoughts or feedback. I look forward to hearing from you. I also look forward to that pleasing sound of a gentle mountain stream. See you next time.